Hey there, this is Varun Raja. Welcome to Dating Mechanics on Girls Chase, where we get girls chasing you. Here on Dating Mechanics, we bring you incredible content from the best minds in the industry. And we leave you with fun, actionable tips and tactics you can go out there and use with girls today. Last time I interviewed Pablo Garcia on how a man can sexualize encounters and show sexual intent verbally and non-verbally. He asked us to go out into the world and try sexualizing an encounter. I am ecstatic to report just how spectacular this experience was. I went on a drink date with a girl whom I knew was attracted to me. And after we spit spots to get wine somewhere else, I ended up whispering into her ear every now and then explicitly what I'd be doing with her that very evening. At one point she was so wet, she excused herself to go to the bathroom and later even told me. Needless to say, we had a very memorable evening and morning together. In this episode, I interviewed Rwando, a guy I used to know well when I first started to learn about dating and romance in 2013. He used to work at a group called One Taste, and now coaches men with New York City's Gotham Dating Club. Rwando's expertise is sexual escalation and sexual magnetism, but in our podcast, we're going to present a very different angle to the dating question, an insight into intuitive game and an empathetic approach to being with women, and men, too. Rwando's eight years of dating and coaching experience is immersive, as he himself came from first learning pickup techniques and routines, then realized that all the skills were nothing in comparison to simply being present with a woman and learning how to empathize with where people sit emotionally. Today, Rwando spends his time connecting with women emotionally and empathetically, reads them flawlessly, and in doing so, gives them the sexual experiences they long for deep within, including domination and adventure, and gets approached far more often than he approaches. Empathy and intuition is a skill every guy can tap into, and today we're going to learn how to build them to reach women's emotions and sexual desire without studying a million techniques. At the end of the show, we'll reveal how you can partake in Rwanda's breakthrough course on sexual magnetism on April 20th, 2017, as well as a cool homework assignment he gives on how he, and you, can learn to build and master a library of intuitive responses to any situation faced in the human experience. Rwando, welcome to Dating Mechanics on Girls Chase. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to have you here. It's been a long time, and Rwando is one of my old buddies from when I was involved with a group called One Taste. Yeah, back in the day. Back in the day, a couple of years ago. Learn how to stroke that pussy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, we're here now, uh, sitting in my living room, just chatting about life, catching up, and turns out Rwanda's actually dating coach with the Gotham Dating Club, and some really cool things going on with them. Yeah, yeah, uh, we have a collaboration coming up, I'll talk about it later, it's a master class on sexual magnetism. Love to share whatever uh, interests you, what interests the audience on the subject, or whatever, you know? yeah. Actually, I really find this interesting because in my experience, like learning game and stuff, which was a whole foreign theory to me for a long time, I started out reading the game like a lot of people do. Uh-huh. And a lot of people that start in this, uh, this whole personal development kind of thing find that they feel like they need to learn all these processes, all these pieces of tech and things like that. Yeah, I think that's normal because that's yeah. how we learn in school, right? Yeah, like yeah. You, whether it's math or history, like they break it down into steps or like chunks, chapters modules, lessons, like that's how we learn in the friggin' over-intellectual world that we live in, this productive society. And it's great for learning calculus. It's not great for learning human connection because it's an <laughs> instinctual process and we overcomplicate it and it's it actually like hurts people. I mean, it's, it's been damaging to me to try to over-analyze and we all know analysis by paralysis, like it's a pretty universal thing and learning too much information hurts people because they forget that their natural biology tells them exactly how to get laid. Like getting laid is one of the most natural things, as natural as knowing like what you can eat in nature or knowing that water is good to drink when you're thirsty. Like it's a thing that's like embedded in our reptilian and paleomammalian brains. So I try to offer guys like, listen, like you can reconnect with that ability and like meeting women and having sex, great sex is, will come back to you naturally because it's in your nature. 
Of course, yeah. And a lot of guys, because they think that they see all these successful guys who've done this, or they uh-huh. see naturals getting all these girls, they feel like, oh, shit, I got to catch up with them, or I got to learn all these tools and techniques to like yeah. get on the same playing field. It yeah, doesn't well, really the, work that way, right? Like, in, in your experience, you've been doing no, this for eight well, years so, now. I mean, I'll, I'll share, like, I, so I got into it, and, like, you know, I won't say his name, because he did help me a lot, and he had good intentions, but I worked with, like, a, a pretty prominent dating coach, but he was, like, old-school dating coach, where, like, it's approach, 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 and follow these steps. It wasn't exactly a mystery method, but it was something like that, where it was, like, a step one, step two, step three, whatever. And it, it definitely got me to approach a lot of women. I probably approached more women in that year I worked with him than any in the rest of my life combined probably really? ever since. Wow. But and like I did get some success, but like it's a very inefficient way to meet women. It's a very inefficient way to do anything. Like let's uh go to somewhere where there's a ton of competition, um where you know it's all cold targets. Like looking at it from a marketing perspective, like you're approaching people with a very low close rate, you know, you're gonna get it rejected a ton. It's gonna hurt your self esteem. It's tiring. It's just not fun. Even if you have, you know, even if you because I did get up to the point where I felt so comfortable because I had numbed out my approach anxiety that pretty much every night I went out, I would make out with a girl or get a number, maybe bring her home. It was so inefficient and it drained me and I became a friggin' approach robot. And, wow. um, really? And I didn't mind because my whole life up to that point, I, I'm telling my story in chunks, but my whole life, all I wanted was like to connect with women and have sex. And like, I finally had women, but I didn't care about any of them. I had like, uh, my coach told me to make a spreadsheet where I, I kept track, like a CRM, you know, if, if you're into marketing, you know, like customer relationships management. You basically had a spreadsheet with all these girls and like how you were interacting with them. Like yeah, and like, and, and, and that, it. and like, I would be embarrassed for any woman to hear what I just said because it's so cold and sociopathic and like misogynistic. Not that like I'm a bleeding heart or anything, but like, like, so to put your human interactions in a spreadsheet is kind of it is robotic. It's being a fucking <laughs> yeah. machine. Um, a little bit, yeah. And like I couldn't keep track of people. Like I was just like I was being a mechanism, just like doing this function of like talking to women and trying to have sex with them. And I didn't mind because all I wanted to do was have sex with women, <laughs> right? Um, but so something... was this like emotionless sex? You were like focused on getting the sex without really connecting with a woman, or yeah, because it was mean? all the same. I was just trying to rack up numbers. I was trying to rack up points. Uh, so it like was a like numbers game for you. I wanted like... to. I, I don't even know what I was trying to do. I was just trying. To, I thought my ideal lifestyle would be having these women. So, but it got to the point where I became so sociopathic, and I didn't care because I didn't think that was important. But what happened was I started pulling on a regular basis, and I couldn't get my dick hard. Like, it was very strange. Oh, my God. So you were struggling with erectile dysfunction because yeah, probably was, because you weren't connected with them at Right. All. And I was 23 years old, about to turn 24, and I couldn't I – for the first time in my life, women would come home with me and they wanted to have sex with me because I had ran all the friggin' routines and had gone through all that shit. They were all attracted. They You, like, basically followed all the techniques that they were saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was all – I mean, I didn't, actually, I didn't even use routines, but I was definitely following formulas. Like, I thought I was being natural – because I didn't use can routines, but what I did was I had like these improv games. Like I had yeah. this game, you know, I'll share it with you. I don't, I don't think people should do this, but like I would ask a woman a question and yeah. before she could answer, I would answer for her. And I would always make up something ridiculous. And like, it's like such a stupid thing that would basically make it easy for me to plow. I could okay. just like, I would have a one way conversation. Like if, if you were a girl, I'd just be saying like, oh, so where are you from? You look like you're from Alaska. You know why? Because you have this. And I would just like say verbal diarrhea to oh, her God. forever. And, and, and. Eventually, you know, it would be kind of funny. It was kind of a ridiculous thing. Yeah. But I wasn't even talking to her. I was talking to her. You know, you were kind of dictating her conversation. To yeah, you. and you know, yeah, like yeah. yeah, and like one out of five drunk girls would be down with that. You know, or something oh, like man. that. You know, or, like, you know <laughs> uh, or whatever. I mean, it wasn't even whatever. Like I would bring girls home, but I was so dead inside that my dick didn't work because sexuality is an instinctual process. Yeah. So what happened was that I was like, well, for a while I was on Viagra. I was also doing drugs and stuff. So I was just in a bad It was really, place. really bad place. Okay. Yeah, but I was, I was, I literally, I was 23 years old. I was healthy. I literally was taking Viagra every single time I had sex because oh I couldn't God. otherwise. That's going to really fuck up your psychology, I bet. Yeah, and like, it was all this shit. Like, I would do cocaine, so I have an excuse to take Viagra if, if she saw me oh, take Viagra. Geez. Like, all this stuff. It was like... So you're like compounding problems upon problems upon problems. Yeah, it wasn't a good really life. It the... was interesting, yeah, and yeah. I'm glad I had that experience. But like, it, it wasn't it wasn't sustainable, and I knew I was going to be miserable. So I, I was like, I got to stop taking Viagra. I got to stop doing drugs. But what do I do about this erectile dysfunction problem? 
So I spent focusing on sexuality, my priority. I just wanted to fix what I thought was a health issue or like maybe an anxiety issue. Like those are the right. only things that people told me. Like my doctor said, oh, you're fine. You're just nervous. My dating coach said like, oh, if once you hit 100 women, you won't have this issue. It's like, all right, I got to fuck 100 women. But that doesn't help, you know? Um, <laughs> but like, I've actually heard that before too from a couple of people. Like, so maybe maybe people are right. Maybe they're not. Who yeah, knows? I, I just, I think if you're empathic, if you're a robot, eventually you're, you're going to shut down. And yeah. I do think in this other things, like it is true that I know this as a coach, but also just being in the field, like... Um, Erectile dysfunction is way more common amongst millennials than about than people a little older. That is so true. And, mm. you know, like, there's so many different reasons for this. Not only are we less empathetic than we were before, but people are more scared of stepping boundaries than they were before. Yeah. And they're also more addicted to porn and things yeah, like that. Yeah, porn is before. a big thing. It's like, horrible. Like, you and I are both 29. Like, we grew up with internet porn. Yeah. When we were first discovering our dicks to jerk off... There was friggin' Kazaa porn, or that's what I use. But yeah. now there's Pornhub and stuff. And, like, it's not good for your brain because you're getting the dopamine hit of watching a woman coming on a screen, and obviously you're ejaculating. Yeah. But you're not getting the oxytocin that comes with real human connection. Yeah, yeah. So we have, like, this chemical imbalance where, like, these two chemicals are supposed to come together in sexuality. We're getting only half of it. It makes it very awkward when we're with a woman for the first time. It ends up spiking our cortisol levels, the stress hormones, and then guys can't get hard. Guys a little bit older who have less game don't have that problem. I think it's because of technology. It might also be because of, like, I am a feminist myself, but third-wave feminism has not been good for boys who grew up in the 90s. Like, oh, There's a lot of negative conditioning around your sexuality and being a man that, that guys pick up. I, I, I could go off on this tangent for a long time, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut myself off here and get back to the story. Focus on sexuality ended up healing this problem, realizing I had to get in touch with my instincts. I had to get in touch with my emotions. Yeah. And when I did that, the cool thing was that meeting women became so much easier. Really? And now I, I never cold approach. I'm never in a bar past 11. I mean, like I had a drink with you today. It's probably the only drink I'm going to have for the next few oh, weeks. Of course. Like, you know, <laughs> like, it's just not what I do. And it's so easy for me to meet women now because I can just be my instinctual friggin' animal self. Like, and that's what I want guys to understand is that the ability to have sex is in your biology. Like, your more primitive parts of your brain, your reptilian brain and your paleomammalian brain, if you go by the triune brain theory, so not your human brain, the neocortex, the more primitive parts of your brain know how to fuck. It's been doing it for thousands of years. Reptiles know how to fuck. Tigers know how to fuck. Like, humans kind of fuck it up because they think too much. Yeah. So, what I want to offer people is, like, to learn how to re connect with that part of yourself because all of this courtship stuff all of like all of mystery method all of like the 10 steps of meeting a woman like like the dating and the approach and the the conversation and the banter and the the time balance or whatever the terminology is all of it exists because of human procreation Mm -hmm. if you can get in touch with the sexuality piece all of that stuff falls into place because if you're horny enough and you can transmit that and she wants to have sex with you you can skip all of it and uh, like I've been able to escalate so quickly now because I don't think of it as escalation. I think of like it's just stuff we do before we have sex and connect. Ah, yeah. So, and you were telling me a story when we were having drinks that you were out on St. Patty's Day and you didn't even go there with the intention of meeting yeah. anybody, but women came up and talked to you. And yeah, you. so so um, the last time I was out in a bar late was when I was doing pickup stuff and I was cold approaching and I would numb my anxiety out. Yeah, but drinking and like other stuff, you mean? Uh, sometimes not even drinking. When I was really studying, like pickup, I, I wasn't drinking, but I would like numb yeah. myself out by approaching a million times. Okay, or being a robot essentially, yeah, putting up yeah. this mask. So I went out with my co-founder of my company, really cool dragon. I was visiting him. It happened to be St. Patty's Day. He's there with his girlfriend. It's like, oh come on, just like come out and meet our friends. You know, just come get get a couple of drinks. I'm like, fine. Like I haven't been out in a long time. I have a couple of drinks. I'll be home by nine. You know, just be chill. Because like now I'm more sensitive and now I'm empathic. I'm going to talk about empathy a lot today. I was like, oh shit, all my anxiety is going to come back. I don't want to deal with that. But whatever, I'll face the music. I'll go out. I immediately see a hot blonde girl, a curly hair, beautiful body. Okay. Um, and I'm like, oh, in the past I would have numbed myself out and then cold approached her and then I gave her some verbal diarrhea and like, you know, maybe she'd be into it, maybe she'd be not. And I just looked at her though. I was just appreciating how beautiful she was. She looks up from her phone. She sees me looking at her. She looks at me, she holds the gaze, and I'm like, 
oh, I feel sexual right now. And I'm going to talk about intuition and empathy in a second. Of course, of like, course. Our whole podcast, if it's not clear yet, we're talking about <laughs> sexual magnetism and instinctual game, which is yeah. a very different process. I'm going to break this down. I'm going to break this down yeah. after the story. It's going to be great. Um, so I, I look at her and I feel sexual. So I, I can make an inference like, oh, maybe she feels sexual. I don't know that. But I'm pretty confident in my intuition at this point because I've, I've done enough feedback loops, which I'll talk about in a sec, that I was like, oh, I got her. I don't, it doesn't yeah. matter. It doesn't matter what fucking line I use because if I say hello, if I bump into her, if I say some stupid pickup line, if I do a direct approach or indirect approach, like the conversation between our instincts, our nonverbal sensation-based conversation has already said, I want you mutually. Right. So I go to meet my friends and I have my eye on her. I'm glancing at her. I know she's got attention on me. And I'm like, I'm going to approach her eventually. Let me say hello to my co-founder's friends because we were there to meet some people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before I could even like finish greeting the five people I was there to meet, she grabs my bicep and says a stupid pickup line to me. Oh, <laughs> she what said did she say to you? Uh, she said something like, oh, are, are you Canadian? Like, I heard you say A. Like, <laughs> I don't know that she actually heard me say that. I don't yeah. think I said that. It doesn't matter. And that's the point. Like, it didn't fucking matter what words she said to me because... The verbal conversation was completely secondary. The nonverbal sensation-based conversation was, I want you. So yeah. I already knew. I, I was kind of surprised that she. I was going to approach her eventually, but like yeah. I already knew that it, we were down a clown. And all I had to do was not fuck it up, basically. Yeah. Um, and then at that point, it became, I, we talked about nothing. We talked about boring-ass shit, like where she's from and what she does and whatever, but the instinct, that connection, that vibe that you shared was always there the entire time. Right? Yeah, the because, attraction. The attraction. Yeah, because nonverbally, our bodies were saying, "I want to have sex with you." Yeah, yeah I want to have sex with you. Yeah, I want to have sex with you. And like, I might be verbally saying, "Like, oh, so you live in Phoenix?" No, but, but I was saying, "I want to have sex with you," and she was saying, "I want to have sex with you." Like, oh, that's yeah. So, it's really amazing, actually, how you know we talk about words and things like that, especially in tech and like things you should say, things you should text and stuff. But when you can actually empathize with someone and read their body and just like understand their body language and yeah connect with them emotionally then everything becomes so crystal clear right it's like yeah and it's I, kind of I, stupid i used almost. to be a much better conversationalist i don't know why i said that in super brooklyn <laughs> I, mean, I used to be a much more a much, a much oh, better man. conversationalist before yeah i mean i think whatever like with the guys I used to go out with, we used to have this little forum, like aside from the main pickup forums where like we would share our banter. And I had a lot of really good one-liners because I would do that improv game where I would just like cut a woman off and make up bullshit. Yeah. And I, and I, I said some funny shit sometimes. Now, sometimes I could talk about something completely boring and I get laid a lot more. I connect a lot more deeply because I don't care what we're talking about. Like it's the sensation-based conversation. So I want to break that down because if this sounds like, you know, a foreign language to you guys, it might seem, uh, well, you, just, you might not be able to connect with it. So like I was telling you earlier when we had a drink that intuition, it seems fucking magical only because nobody uses it. But mm, it's like a lost art these days almost because we we're like inundated with so much information on yeah. why she texts her, why she and say, people and people discount and their intuition. We're getting intuitions, intuitive hits all the time. We're getting yeah. like all these books about it. Malcolm Gladwell wrote that book Blink, which is about like how you can make near perfect snap decisions based on your subconscious pick uh, reads. There's that book Thinking Fast and Slow. If you want like more science behind it, but like right now you and I are sitting next to each other having a conversation. Yeah. I know the words you're saying. I can make some observations. You're sitting this way. You're wearing this, whatever. Like I could think about it. I'm not going to be able to come up with anything good. But if I pay attention to you and I feel humorous, right? And, and, and when I was paying attention to something else, I was paying attention to the wall. I didn't feel humorous. I pay attention to you and I feel humorous. I can make an educated guess that, that what you're feeling is something like that. Because that's how fucking empathy works, right? Oh, yeah. And, like, there's been a lot of stuff in the last couple of years about mirror neurons. And, like, I heard mirror neurons have been debunked. Like, before that, in, like, the early 2000s, there was a book uh, that spoke about limbic resonance, which was uh -huh. about how the limbic system in your brain, your paleomammalian brain, resonates with other people. It's another friggin' pseudoscience theory. I don't know what the mechanism is. It doesn't matter what the mechanism is. A mirror neurons is a great explanation. But empathy is something we've all experienced. If you've watched a movie, if you cried when Mufasa died in The Lion King, you're capable of empathy. So you're capable of reading a woman based on empathy. Yeah. Like so, like like in the bar, I was like, oh, I think I think you feel serious. Yeah. So we were uh, we were discussing the content of the podcast, and I was like in a very serious mode and uh, just like trying to jot down notes and things like that. And I asked Ruan like. Hey, like, so what are you actually, like, feeling right now? Like, what does empathy mean? And he's just said, blurt out loud, well, like, with you and me, I'm like, hmm, well, 
Varun is feeling really serious right now. Yeah. And I was like, damn, he's fucking right. I yeah. thought about it just really quick, and I was like, wait a minute. I actually am feeling kind of serious. Yeah, right and like, folks I don't have this. to be a body language expert. It's just yeah. like, I'm just noticing how I feel when I have my attention on you. Yeah. So the same thing is when, I, when I'm reading a woman, she could have whatever bitch face on she has. She could have her arms crossed. But if I'm flirting with her and I pay attention to her and I feel more flirty... Yeah. I don't know for a hundred percent. I don't know. There's a lot of factors why I could be feeling flirty. It could be myself. It could be whatever. It could be what I did earlier. But if I feel a certain way when I pay attention to a woman, I can make an educated guess that I'm feeling that way because I'm paying attention to her. You know, one thing I have noticed a lot, especially when I go out on dates now and when I talk to women, when I'm with my girlfriends or relationships or whatever, when I'm feeling something with a woman, it usually means that she's feeling the same thing too. And it could be yeah. like, maybe it's like an awkward interaction, like I go talk to her or something like that, and she feels kind of like tightened up or scared. Yeah. And because I, sometimes I feel like scared too when I'm talking to her, and I'm like, oh shit, that must be connected, right? Yeah, yeah definitely. Because totally. when people are willing to feel each other, your emotions are going to sync up. It's yeah. like, you can't piss in a, in a pool without the piss, like, ah, this is a weird analogy. <laughs> but like, if, if you mix hot water and cold water, the, the temperatures are going are gonna to regulate, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? So, and it goes both ways. Like, I can read a woman that way, but also I'm transmitting my feelings. So, yeah. in the example I was telling in that story, I was just, like, appreciating her beauty. I was a little horny. I wouldn't say, like, it wasn't like I was walking around with a boner in my pants, but, like, I was like, wow, she, I, I want to touch her body. I think she's beautiful. And I let her feel that. Like, when she made eye contact with me, I didn't hide away. Because that's what creepiness is. Like, if you look at her and you, you think she's hot but you don't want her to see you appreciating her, that's creepy. It's like if you want to just go b back home and masturbate to her memory, like that's fucking creepy. Well, that's because you're actually ashamed of expressing yourself Correct. truly, right? You're, right. you're like, you're judging yourself. Like if I express my sexuality to this woman, then yeah. she's going to she's gonna get rejected. But, and you don't want to be seen. But in fact, what, what's causing the rejection is exactly that shame. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. And that's not to say that she's going to love you just because she sees that you're appreciating her, but... But you're being dishonest with your emotions. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so instead, if you're being honest with your emotions, like in that situation, she could see my appreciation with her, and she was able to feel that feeling of appreciation. She was, I mean, attraction, I guess is a better way to put it. She was able to feel attraction. She was able to be like, oh, I'm going to feel attracted too. Like, it was like... And it wasn't even a conscious decision. I actually dissected the interaction with her after I slept with her. Oh, well, tell me about that. Um, well, I just told her, like, I knew that that line about you think I was Canadian was bullshit. She was like, yeah, I just, you know, it just came to mind. Came up with it in a while, yeah. Yeah, like, she was using a pickup line on me. Yeah. And I told her, like, I told her that I saw that. I knew that I knew you were mine. And yeah. she was like, well, I didn't even realize that I looked at you. Really? That's what she said. I didn't wow. even realize that I looked at you, but we held eye contact for like two seconds. And I think that happens a lot because she was on her phone, so she was like not totally conscious. Yeah. But like, but her, she looked up at you and she knew your presence she, was there. She looked at me she in a way that I knew she wanted me. Yeah. Um, and she didn't even realize it because she was like maybe drinking, but she was also on her phone and distracted. And maybe she had like sensory, you know, information overload in that moment. But her subconscious transmitted perfect crystal clear. So I basically invited her into my reality, and maybe when she, I didn't ask her this, but when she hit on me uh, with that pickup line, when she approached me, maybe she wasn't even conscious of why, but she, some part of her subconscious knew that she recognized me in that crowded bar. Empathy, it's a fucking skill that you can practice. You practice it by not discounting your feelings and getting feedback. So like, in the bar with you, I had an inference that you were serious. Yeah. I don't know for sure. I think when I have a hit like that, I'm like 80% confident. But I, I said it to you, and you confirmed it to me. So now yeah, maybe I'm 81% yeah. confident. Next time I feel seriousness from someone I'm hanging out with, I'll be 81% confident. So a lot of this is like your exposure to different situations. You kind of figure out whether the prediction that you had about the feeling is actually true or not, based yeah. on real-life feedback. Yeah, and so I yeah. learned this, and I, we didn't even talk about sex yet, but I learned this principle in sex. Tell me because, about that. So... I mean, we've had some of the same experiences. Like, I spent a lot of time practicing sexual things on, like, real women's bodies for yeah. two years. That's like That was, like, what I did for a while because I was trying to get over my impotency thing. And then eventually I was like, wow, sex is really fun. Let me learn about everything I can learn about sex. Yeah. So when you're touching a woman's body, whether you're going down on her or fingering her or stroking her hair or giving her a massage, if you're or whatever, or even penetration, I think, with intercourse, it gets a little complicated because you're getting a lot of... You're kind of receptive too. I'll get into that later. Um, but if you're touching a woman's body, she's giving you sensory feedback. So yeah. I might have an intuition like, oh, I'm going to touch her clit 
a little lighter. Random intuition. I don't know where I got it, but it just popped into my head. I'm going to try it. If I do it and she gives me less sensory feedback, like she doesn't seem to be enjoying it as much, well, I know that was wrong. If if I feel like, oh, I should grab her tit right now. I don't know why I should grab her tit, but like I feel like I should grab it and like grab it really fucking hard and like dig my nails into her tit. It's not a technique I would like recommend, but if I get the intuition, I'll try it. There's not a lot to lose. The worst thing that happens, she's like, don't do that. But you try it and it's correct. And I was like, oh, next time I feel that sensation where I have that intuition, I can trust it more. So now I've had enough sexual experiences that I'm like 95% confident that anytime I have an instinct to do something in bed with a woman, it's probably going to be right. Am I right 100% of the time? No. But I, I'm very confident because I've tried enough things, I've gotten enough feedback that I can go for it. So when I'm in bed with a woman, it's not like I have an agenda because a lot of guys apply tech to sex too. Oh yeah, and, absolutely. And you were saying earlier that like tech-based stuff can really fuck you up. I mean, because you've, yeah. you've actually been on both sides of the spectrum when you yeah. learn like pick up things and all these procedures and like process whatever. Yeah, like, a complaint <laughs> I hear from women, both female clients, like female students in my classes, yeah. but also women I'm sleeping with. It's like most guys will try to learn a technique. The technique might be fine. Yeah. And they try to do it every time, and it doesn't work every time because women's bodies change, just like because emotions change. Yeah. Um. So like that one fingering thing that you did with your middle fingers and you got a girl to squirt doesn't mean the next woman's going to like that because you have to calibrate. And like, so I go one step at a time. I'll try something. If it feels good, I'll do it more. If mm. it feels good, I'll do it more. If it feels bad, I'll stop and recalibrate. And like, that's how you learn how to do things with a woman's body. In sex, it's a great arena for that because it's very obvious. Like there's less margin for error with a physical body because it's concrete. Like if her pussy gets wet... It gets wet. You can't, can't second guess that. Yeah. <laughs> if, if she's moaning, she's moaning. If she's squirting, she's squirting. Like you can be like, oh, well, that happened. When you're talking about something more subtle, like an emotion, like oh, I think she's into me, even though she's got a resting bitch face on. That you need to like, you got to calibrate a little more because you don't want to, you don't want to overstep and be wrong, right? Yeah. So you want to take baby steps and like calibrate every single step. And that's also based on your experience though because you're putting yourself out there and you're kind yeah. of testing the waters with your own like assessment of the world. You're kind of going yeah. out there and you're figuring out, okay, so this is what I think she's feeling right now and you're finding it out, discovering it. Yeah. And the thing is when you do this, when you explore your own instinct and your relationships with women this way, you're investing in an asset that's going to pay you for life. Because when your instinct, when your intuition is calibrated, that'll pay you for life. You don't need to learn a bunch of lines. You don't need to learn any more techniques because every sexual technique you need will come to you instinctually. Every great joke will come to you instinctually. We talked about this in the bar. Like Every great technique that ends up on the pickup forearms... Somebody came up with that instinctually. Oh, yeah. You were saying, like, yeah. you know, if someone's being instinctual. They try out this thing and they think that maybe, like, this is what I think is going to happen in this situation. Let me go try it. Yeah. And they find success with it and they report it to people. Then, like, a thousand guys will read those and copy it. Yeah, yeah. And, and, then, it, and, like, then, and the guys who are copying it find that technique works. Maybe it works. If it's a great technique, it might work. 90% of the time. Yeah. But also those techniques are so situation specific and yeah. no situations ever truly alike. Yeah. Because we're dealing with human emotions, right? Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. No human it's better to invest in the thing that makes the techniques happen. Yeah. Like if you invest in your instinct, you can create your techniques for a lifetime. You'll have unlimited, it's like you have an idea generator. Yeah. You know, it's like don't try to use old ideas because like you said, situation specific, doesn't work all the time. It's tiring. It overtaxes your brain. And animals have sex. You don't need to be intelligent to get laid. <laughs> like, yeah. you need to feel your body. Yeah. That's the most important thing. So, why do you think it is that people shut down their empathy in the first place? Like, well, how did this suddenly happen when, for many, many years, like we as humans had those skills? And we well, this is getting a little philosophical, but I think yeah. a part of being a in productive society and like, living in our post-agricultural, money-based... I mean, I could, I could go deep on that. But basically, school has raised us to shut down our emotions. Society views emotions as, like, not productive because when you're emotional, you're not always rational in, like, a linear way. And if you want to be controlled, if society wants to have a, an easily controlled population, they want to shut down anything that's volatile that'll go against being a cock in the wheel. So sexuality is a huge piece. I think that's why... 
women have been shut down for the last many thousands of years. Again, I'm kind of a feminist, you know, obviously I like having sex with women. I, I, I do want to empower women though, because life is better when we're emotional and, uh, and women are free and everyone can have sex when they want to. And there's not this shame thing. Will we make less money? Maybe, maybe we'll be less productive. Maybe we'll take us longer to get to the moon. But we, but maybe I, we'll be happier in the long run. I'd rather have happy people and lots of sex and, and great connections than I want to be on Mars. That's just me personally. Nice. Uh, but to answer your question, why people shut down empathy, it's scary. People are afraid of feeling bad, so they don't want to feel at all. Because you can't cut off your feeling of sadness without also cutting off your feeling of arousal and happiness and joy and creativity. All of that is a flow of feelings. So Actually, that's a really big issue for us these days, mm-hmm. right? Because a lot of men in particular are very afraid now with the, like so many stories in the media and things like that of stepping bounds by accident. So yeah. rather than like truly expressing their feelings about sexuality, and guys and girls both have sexual, sexual energy, yeah. sexual feelings, they are fearful of taking the lead. And they also are fearful of like truly penetrating women emotionally. Yeah. Well, one thing that'll help, I've been saying it all podcasts, is friggin' empathy. Uh, because, <laughs> all right, because here's the thing, like, women want you to lead. Women yeah. want you to lead emotionally. And that That's never going to change. <laughs> right, yeah. right. And, and like, they want you to lead and they will let you lead if they think you can lead them safely, if they can let go and you'll take them to a place that they want to go and you can actually handle them. A lot of women act like men nowadays because the men they're around either are unsafe because they're sociopaths. But that's a really a small percentage of men. I Very actually think, small. I think more or less, more more men are more timid than yeah. they are like dangerous and so. Most guys are afraid of being called a misogynist, so they're weak little pussy boys. Yeah. So they wait for the woman to take the lead, and then she's bored because she might like that nice guy. She might, you know, get married to him or whatever. But she'll be like, "Man, like, when is he going to grow some balls and leave me? Because I have to be the man now. If you're not filling that role, then the woman has to hold that masculine pole, and she's not going to be able to get herself off like that. Like, she needs someone who can like because. Women want to let go. Like this idea of submission and receptivity has gotten this negative connotation, I think, because of all this patriarchal, productive minded stuff, whatever. But it's great to be receptive as part of being creative. Yeah, Um, Yeah. And like women all want that. A lot of feminists think it's a negative thing to be submissive or like to to let a man take the lead because now there's all this like garbage in people's minds. But that's what women want for the most part. Heterosexual women want that instinctually and they want to do that with a man who's not going to shame them and will lead them and be able to hold his shit together when she's coming off the walls. Like yeah, they want him to be the rock and to her like volatile emotions, her ability to feel freely and they want a man to like lead her yeah. into different waves of emotions and pleasure and like Yeah, and cuz like emotions and sexual energy all go together too like she's not gonna be able to lose her shit in a crazy wild orgasm if she thinks that you're gonna piss your pants when she has a tantrum like all those shit tests (laughs) all those shit tests exist because she wants to be with a man who can really handle her when she well she she wants to know that she wants to know that you're a strong enough guy to like handle her true self her her volatility so actually i hooked up with someone very recently it's the second time we hooked up she had this crazy orgasm and I was like, wow, like you really, this was a lot bigger of an orgasm than the first time we hooked up. Like, really? what was the deal? And she was like, well, uh, the first time I was like sensing if you can actually handle it. And this time I was like, oh, well, I trust this guy. So I'm going to, I'm just going to let go completely. Yeah. And, and, and the, the funny thing is I felt like I was doing less. Like she, she had this crazy orgasm during foreplay and I felt like I was like physically doing less. But what happened was that she was able to trust who I was, who I was being. She could feel my sexual presence. And she was able to let go. She just needed like arms to hold her, basically, while she, she came. Yeah, uh, and plus about. you were a non-judgmental guy. You know what you're doing, and you don't like... You can give her the groundedness to be yeah. free and to like, be I can be stay present while she's you know losing her shit in an orgasm. And like yeah. maybe she needed one time to trust me, I guess. I mean, everyone's different. I'm just illustrating the point. That's what women want. Yeah. This actually gets to a good point. We're talking about submission and dominance first. And you mentioned to me when we're having drinks that people tend to sink to the most emotionally dominant person. Yeah. So what does that actually mean? Like in terms of historically how we are as human beings and how human sexuality really works versus like kind of where we are in society like today. Because it seems that a lot of men now, like they don't really lead properly. They don't take the dominant yeah. role. and. You were saying before, like, women end up taking the dominant role and being the men that they don't really want to be. Yeah, so yeah. It's this idea of emotional dominance, like, like we talked about empathy earlier, like, people sync up emotions. Yeah. You mix a hot glass of water with a cold glass of water, it syncs up. But 
the person who's more self-assured will typically be more stable. I mean, to be the emotional leader as a man, it's important that you hold that role, especially when she's testing you, especially when she's being volatile. Can you be the person that she sinks to? And like, this goes far beyond sexual chemistry because like leaders, people sink to the leader because this is the person that they want to embody. Yeah, there's a sense of trust that is fostered by the leader and yeah. you kind of, you're comfortable yeah. You know, like giving your destiny almost to that person. Yeah, because if, you trust uh, them. Because you don't want to sink your emotions to a, a loser. Yeah. You don't want to sink your emotions <laughs> to someone who feels shitty because then you're going to feel shitty. You don't yeah, want to sink yeah. your emotions to someone who's insecure because you'll feel it's like it's like at the end of the day, everyone wants to feel good and yeah. they want to feel good together. Right. Hey, this is yeah. this is exactly why it's so excruciating to watch a public speaker who's nervous. Really? Like, like, like I think about oh, it. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. When, when you oh watch somebody who's like stuttering and stand, like, why does it feel bad? It feels bad because if you're paying attention to someone speaking and they feel shitty, then you gotta feel their shittiness. Yeah. We love paying attention to someone who's relaxed and confident, and charismatic, because if I pay attention to name your person, Barack Obama, Tony Robbins, Hulk Hogan, and I, and he's super in his body and he's super charismatic and he's feeling good. When I pay attention to him, I get to feel good. Oh, yeah. And that feels great. So if you can like be so assured in what you're feeling, people are going to want to feel what you're feeling. So if I feel sexual and I feel pleasured and I feel relaxed, at least the women that I like are going to want to feel that, and they'll be drawn to me because they want some of that energy. Well, don't get me wrong. I think every single girl wants to have great sex. I mean, like, yeah. I don't, can't think of a single woman that would say, like, I actually don't want to have great sex unless she feels like... She might say that if she's being judged or something like that. Yeah. But if you, like, truly get a woman comfortable and trusting you, like, no girl will deny having an amazing orgasm. A lot of guys, uh, before <laughs> I understood this, a lot of guys yeah. would tell me, like, oh, women can smell pussy on you. Like, once you start getting laid, like, they'll start flocking to you. And, that, and that's partially true. What it is is when you feel sexual... Even if you're not having sex, but you allow yourself to feel sexual, you allow yourself to feel your lust because you're not wasting all your sexual energy on jerking off to Pornhub. Like, you just can like feel your lust for life, for lust for women. Women are going to pick up on that because they want some of that. They want some of what you're having. Yeah. And like they'll be drawn to you and want to pay attention to you and want to interact with you just to feel what you're feeling. This is probably one of the key differences between the people we term as naturals versus the people that you know kind of learn this tech-based thing because yeah. a lot of naturals grow up very comfortable with their sexuality and very free and open with women early on in their life and they grow up comfortable with it. Yeah. Whereas like probably guys like you and me, it seems like we have somewhat of a similar background. We didn't grow up with that same sense of self. But we developed it over time. Yeah. Right? You like you developed your empathy skill, like you got rid of all your shame around sexuality and things yeah. like that. And now you can easily transmit your emotions with an open heart. Totally. Yeah. Because I get hit on by women a lot. Some of whom know that I'm a sex coach and I think they're kinda of drawn to that. But some of them who don't, like this woman who I met in this bar that I mentioned on St. Patty's, like, she didn't know anything about me. Yeah. But I think they can feel this lack of sexual shame like you're talking about, and, and they want to let go of their sexual shame. So yeah. what, what better way to pick up an emotional quality than to hang out with someone with that emotion? Yeah. So like, then this is like the thing about inner game, when you really work on yourself, when you really have high self-esteem, when you really like your own life, love your own life, love your own self. It's all about loving yourself. Yeah, yeah, loving your body, like really enjoying being in your body and who you are. Everyone wants that. Everyone yeah. in the fucking world wants to experience that. So if you have that, people are going to be drawn to you. And if you happen to, you know, be interested sexually in the person you're talking to, like, it becomes very easy to fall in love with you because yeah. you got a lot of good stuff to share. And it becomes, like, almost a service. Like, I can be very open with women now. Like, I sleep with a lot of women. I, I, I mean, this is just, like, my lifestyle right now. It's just what I want right now. I can be so open and just tell women the truth of what I want. And 95% of the time, they're cool with it. And they love you for it, too, I bet, because you're honest with it. They love me for yeah. it because I'm honest, but also, like... The fact that I help them feel so good is so worth it. Yeah. Like, even if they're not going to be able to have the marriage fantasy with me or whatever, like, it's just worth it to be around me, I think. You know, maybe I sound like a you know, egotistical asshole, but I oh, think no, it's no, no. true. You know, like, you know? Uh, I actually read a great book by Zan Perion called The Alabaster Girl. Yeah, and yeah, I think, I'm uh, halfway Hector, through it. Yeah, Hector on, our, uh, on Girls Chase has also written about this, but he says something amazing, which is a man who loves women is loved by women. Yeah, and that is such a powerful statement because when you're free with your emotions and when you truly express yourself with women, then yeah, of course women have these fantasies about marriage and they want you know their future and, and so as do men. But when you present her with something so free and liberating, then like how can anyone refuse that? And no yeah. judgment or no societal. I want to touch on the open heart thing because I think yeah. a lot of guys who are, are strangers to empathy are like, what the fuck is an open heart? <laughs> like it's it's simply. 
not blocking your emotions. It's yeah. like learning to love women doesn't mean you have to do more. It's like doing less. It's not blocking your emotions. When you have the impulse to do, like say something, to be truthful, to feel something, you don't stifle it because that's you your natural state. Yeah. Your natural state is to be feeling and to be empathetic and to transmit that emotion. You think that politeness, like when people are polite or they try to restrain what they're saying, they're, they're fucking actually it being up. stingy with their feelings. Yeah, it's like, uh, we were talking about this at the bar, like, this is a theory I have, so I was just sharing with Varun, like, recently women have been approaching me a lot. Yeah. I I wish I had, like, a concrete thing, like, this is the steps to get people to approach you. I don't know that yet. But one thing I do know that I'm doing is I'm so fucking generous with my emotions. Like, when I feel something, I feel like I'm giving out money to people. Like, I feel happy. I'm going to smile at you. I'm going to smile at you. I'm going to be happy. This is what I was doing with this woman on St. Patty's Day. Like, I felt attraction for her and I let her know it it's just like I gave her a hundred dollar bill and she's like oh I want I want this mm. I want more of that shit because you're being so generous you're actually doing a great thing for the world and it's like you have this surplus of emotions so it's like about not blocking the stream of emotions when you feel happy you express your happiness if you feel shitty I mean not that you want to put your bad damn people but like <laughs> you can be a br- like there's a lot of attractive guys who are just brooding tortured artist I was that for and that's a while. kind of like a sexy trade too for some girls it's, right? it's sex yeah. I think it's sexy for a lot of people because yeah. it's it's raw emotion it's real it might not be the most pleasant emotion but it's attractive because it's real emotion it's like this is a currency for people specifically for women like this ability to feel things is why we're alive and sex is a huge part of feeling romance is a huge part of feeling but also just being a person <laughs> it gives you a lot of feeling yeah and so you, you want to be honest, and guys should be honest, even if it's not exciting. They just should be honest with themselves and really cultivate that skill of yeah. just being like, comfortable. And I want to say that because I don't believe in morals and I don't believe in ethics. I think yeah. that's over-intellectualization. I'll say this about honesty. The reason to be honest is not to be a good person because that doesn't mean anything. The reason to be honest is because it makes your life fucking easier. It puts you in touch with your intuition, and it just it allows you to flow more effortlessly. Like, yeah. recently, I have this lover who it's not that I have a don't ask don't tell it's like I have a if you ask I will tell you only if you ask as far as like who else I'm sleeping with and she you know we, I've been you know talking to her for a while and she was like hey I, I want to know like you know what's your other girlfriend situation and I was like oh shit I'm gonna tell her about the other women it might make her leave it's gonna ruin this the romantic story we have but you know what it's going to cause me more stress if I have to hide it. It's just going to make our relationship worse. So it's going to make it harder on yourself. And you're doing all yeah. these extra unnecessary steps to yeah. kind of compartmentalize your life when you don't really need and, to. And right? if I have to do this extra stuff to maintain <laughs> our connection, to maintain yeah. like the sexuality and intimacy, but I have to compromise myself, it's not really worth it. I mean, because I, one, I know, one, I want to be truthful, but really it's just like I know I have this abundance of love and women available to me that as much as I care about her and love her, I'm willing to let her go to make sure I don't compromise this. So I shared it with her and, she, you know, she felt some negative emotion. She was like, ah, like she, you know, and I was like, oh shit, I might have lost her, but you know what? I did the right thing. But she recovered and was like, oh, this, I'm glad you shared that with you. And like we have a more truthful, connected relationship and we're probably going to have way better sex now because I was able to tell her the truth. This is so true with me too, actually. I've noticed this over the last two, three years that when I'm like honestly seeing multiple women and they ask me about it and I tell them honestly, like, yeah, some girls have cried at first and they're like kind of disappointed because they had their their hopes that maybe we'll have a future together. But Uh so many times, I mean, there's like countless times now where like, I'll be honest and she'll think about it, and she'll come right back within, like, a week or even, yeah. like, months or something like that. Or and, a fucking hour, and, you know? And sometimes a fucking hour, or she won't even leave. And, like, yeah. all of a sudden, we'll have such a more free relationship Because it's together. more real. Yeah, it's more. It's not even like we're dating or we're, like, we're not working towards marriage. We're just, like, friends that like to have sex yeah, and, and just like and, to and fuck. Yeah, and there can be yeah. more clean intimacy because you're yeah. not basing your connection on the delusion of, oh, we're going to get married. Because yeah. that was never real in the, in the first place, if it was yeah. never real. Yeah. So that's pretty cool, man. Like, being honest with women, so important, you know. I think really expressing what you want with the woman, like... Even if it's not what she wants, you can usually figure it out too, yeah. right? Like oh, this is the thing I wanted want. to say. Yeah. <laughs> the point where a lot of guys lose on that is when they, you know, quote unquote, close their heart off. Like yeah. she's crying and then they go sociopath because they don't want to feel the emotion she's feeling. So obviously, she's not feeling great. If you're staying with her, you're not going to feel great for that hour, right? Yeah, yeah. But if you're willing to stay with her, what's beautiful about women is that they change their emotions so quickly. What sucks about them is they change their emotions so quickly. (laughs) But if you just remember that, like if you just stay with her, all she wants to know is that you're connecting with her. All she wants to know is that you're still going to give her that exchange of feelings. And like women will change so quickly if you're willing to stay with them. 
But if you close your heart, if you're like, oh, I don't want to feel that, like she's a crazy bitch, so I'm going to push her away, or I'm not going to tell the truth because I don't even want to go there in the first place, you're cutting off the mechanism that's giving you all that instinctual goodness in the first place. Like if you think of like, you know, your quote unquote heart as like a sense organ, like your eyes, and you need your eyes to like hunt but you don't want to see what she's feeling and you close your eyes. Well, now you don't have the fucking sense data to to proceed. Now your sex is going to suck. Now you're not going to be able to pick up women instinctually. Like you got to keep that heart open because it's good for you. So like, again, I want to stress like telling the truth is not about like being some holy person or like, I'm not like preaching ethics. Like it's a more practical thing to do for your benefit. It's not about morals or ethics. It's about just being honest and true to yourself and your feelings. Yeah. and, And I'd say like, I don't think the world needs morality. If people can be empathetic, they're not going to hurt each other. It's like, if if I'm willing to feel you, I'm not going to want to punch you in the face. I'm not going to steal your money because then I'll feel bad. So by being empathetic, I can connect with you better. I can connect with women better and I can do what's best for them because I'm serving myself in the process. So this, this applies to sex and makes sex really good. I mean, there's all this crazy shit you could do specifically with sex when you take on this principle. Like if I'm really tuned into a woman, all I have to do is what feels good to my body because that's going to get her off. If we're yeah. really tuned in, whether I'm going down on her, or she's going down on me, or we're fucking, or I'm kissing her, or I'm pulling her hair, if it feels good to me and we're tuned in, I can trust with 95% confidence that she's going to enjoy it too. One of the analogies I like the most is women have been described as water. So like mm-hmm. very fluid, like going where the waves go for the most part, like for almost sure. adapting to any situation. But that also means that the man can be the rock to her, like waves of emotion to her cycles yeah. and things like that. And in that same way, because like water is liquid, it can move in any shape, any form or direction. Like we can guide that energy as men. Yeah. And we can like channel it in so many different ways and, and, and enjoy it. Right. Knowing yeah. that that water, yeah. those emotions is what's fun about women in the first place. Like a lot of guys, like, I mean, even the idea of a shit test is like a really bad way to frame it because like, don't think of it as that. Think of it as like, like, oh, she's playing a game with you. She's inviting you to see if you're man enough to fuck her later. Like, that's a fucking great game, because I love winning games. Like, (laughs) it's just like, winning games is great. Playing, and sometimes you lose, whatever. But playing games is fun, and just, like, looking at it that way will make all of it fun, because, like, I love when a woman blows her shit. I mean, that's not the right way to put it. Loses her, (laughs) goes emotional. I don't know why I can't think of the words. It's late. (laughs) Well, we can say blows her shit. Yeah, fine. I'm I'm, I'm making it up. But I love it when a woman gets emotional because like, I'm honored that she thinks that I can handle her, which means she thinks I can handle her in bed, even if she's throwing negative emotions. And you know what? It's going to pass. If if we wanted to hang out with with women that didn't have emotions, we should hang out with men. Yeah, like, like if I know that's there's, there's a lot of guys that complain about like, oh, why is she causing so many issues? Why yeah. are there so many like problems? But they're not appreciating that beauty of women that they are yeah. emotional, and she's throwing these emotions at you to make you a better man. I've learned so much more from hanging out with powerful women than I have from coaches to be honest like i mean i needed coaches to get up to that point but still like i've become a man because i'm like oh i can handle women in crazy situations sexual and non-sexual i can handle anything at least on the emotional realm yeah so it's amazing yeah now i know that you said you struggled with erectile dysfunction issues before and this is actually like a really important thing that a lot of guys struggle with so like a lot of younger guys, which is yeah. crazy. Like I've coached men from like 18 into their 60s, and it's always the younger guys who have this issue. Now, why do you think that is? Do you think people are like too caught up in outcome dependency? Like, I think it's a bunch things? of things. We touched on some of it earlier. I like think you said, the stress porn. response like, to cortisol. Like, I think uh, yeah. a lot of guys, like obviously no one's like checking their blood work when they're in bed with a woman and can't get up. <laughs> yeah. But I think we can all make an educated guess. Like When you feel that feeling, for anyone who's listening who's ever had an issue getting it up, you know it's going to be a problem before you get into bed. I remember like when I had this issue, like I'd be talking to a woman. Even before we're going home together, I already know I'm going to have issues. Why? Because I can feel like this stressful feeling where like, my body's tense. Oh, up. God, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about because I've experienced that so many times. And like, yeah. looking back on it, it's like the, the times that actually happened was we'd be going home and I'd start thinking about it and I'd worry myself to death even before she's like in my yeah. fucking bed. <laughs> and, so and, then, and then like you, you maybe you've had half an hour of like 
releasing stress into your body, you know, releasing cortisol probably, but you're definitely feeling stress. Cortisol, I was talking to a urologist, cortisol is the number one boner killer. Yeah. More than anything, more than alcohol, more than cocaine, more than anything you could think of, more than high blood pressure, low blood pressure, like cortisol, the stress hormone is the number one thing that'll kill your boner. Actually, after you come, the thing that kills your boner literally is cortisol. Mm. So if you're feeling stress, it's going to fuck up your ability to get hard. That's the big thing. So like, it's not reducing stress in your life, it's reducing your stress response. Mm. Stress is great. Stress will make you a fucking man. It's responding to stress in a way where you tighten up, that's the bad thing. So like, and so I like think- kind of embracing the stress and like learning how to be happy and like just embrace it. Yeah, right? and learning how yeah, learning how to embrace those moments, learning how to enjoy yourself in certain moments, have a yeah. good time, not take yourself seriously, not getting like, stuck on outcomes, because all those things, even if you achieve like mechanical success because you're using tech or whatever, you'll still get stressed. Like yeah. even if you do all the right things, your, your body will still get stressed, and that's not good for sex. Even if you pop a Viagra and can get it up, you're not gonna have good sex. Well, we, no one Viagra should ever sex. be like real on Viagra, and I know some guys that have gone down the way. It's a really dangerous path. Like you said, you had done it too, and it I became. I, I went from having a kind of erection issue to be, being completely impotent because I was taking Viagra every time. God. So yeah. yeah, don't take Viagra. You know, this is bad. <laughs> yeah, bad all around. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just saying. I think it's especially just like, for young guys. Like, it's so much like, more important to like deal with those actual emotional issues, right? Yeah. And to just. Be comfortable and, and to learn to be comfortable with yourself and just yeah. be embrace. One thing that I've struggled with a lot recently, which stemmed from my childhood, is just like I felt that I need to be perfect mm-hmm. and that the only answer to all my problems was like to be perfect. And the whole thought of being perfect actually stressed me out a there lot. There is no perfect. There is no perfect. No one can be perfect. Even in, in sexually, like you, a woman doesn't expect you to be like the perfect like robotic lover or whatever she wants yeah. to feel your emotions and she wants to have a great time just as most guys do yeah and also yeah. i mean this is looking at life a little romantically like if you're trying to be perfect now you're missing out on the whole journey one yeah. there is no perfect but like wherever you are right now you are perfect for this moment and i'm not saying this to boost your ego because i don't have morals right like i don't <laughs> give a shit i'm saying because it it's fucking true like you can't control your past you are exactly the way you are right now and that is the best you can be at this moment and the best thing you could do for your next moment is to accept that and use what you have available to you. So like listening to this, reading stuff, going out and taking action in the world. So like stop comparing yourself to some ideal because you can't go there. So forget about it. It's a waste of your attention. Yeah. Um, and that same thing in sex. Like, so I think, think I answered your thing about why erectile dysfunction happens more often. Now. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah. porn is a thing. I think, you know, 90s feminism is a thing as much as... Yeah, I mean, it's like some shame around masculinity and just being a man and and going after what you want sexually. We're in a real bad time for men right now. (laughs) I don't even want to go on that tangent because that's a whole other podcast, but like... I mean, at least in the Western world, right? At least like in the United States and in Europe and stuff. I think a lot of places. I think there's a a strong deficiency in um, masculinity in a way that's not... Villainous is the word that came to mind. I don't know if that's the right word, but like toxic masculinity. Yeah, I, I thought of toxic. I just didn't want to say yeah. toxic masculinity. It's not a fucking buzzword that I hate, but like, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's just like being in a way because like women ultimately want you to be a man. So yeah, on the ED thing, I want to share some things that you can do if you're having that issue. Going from mechanical and easy to like vulnerable and hard. So the first thing is slowing down and taking a deep breath. So this is the obvious thing. A lot of guys forget though. And holding your breath is like the number one thing people do when their mind is overloaded. When people are reading, when people are on their phones especially, when people are on Facebook scrolling through their feed, if you watch people on their phone scrolling, most of the time they're not breathing. Why? Because their mind is over-engaged and they're disconnected from their body and they're literally forgetting to breathe. Same thing happens when you're in bed with a woman and you're overloaded, you forget to breathe. Low oxygen in the blood, high carbon dioxide is correlated with stress, it's only going to increase your cortisol levels. So make sure you fucking breathe. It's obvious and stupid, simple. Do it. The next thing is to allow yourself to be selfish. A lot of guys will have all of their attention on the woman and like, oh, how do I get her off? How do I get her to like me? This and that. Like that is not good for you. And she doesn't want you to be needy like that. It's fucking codependent. Even if you have all of your attention on her, it's in a way that's not going to be pleasurable for her because she's going to have to manage your expectations. That's oh, the psychological side. Yeah, of it. we were talking actually about uh, Zan Perion's book, The Alabaster Girl, and I remember I can't remember the exact quote, but he said that there were three stages of sexual pleasure, and then uh, the first one is 
is not giving a shit about the other person at all. Uh-huh. Like, not giving a shit about the woman, like... And the guys that do this typically, like, don't care about her pleasure, don't care about her orgasm, uh-huh. and they just, like, come and they're done and they, like, fucking pass out or whatever. And the second stage was doing it for her pleasure. Like, so you're focused on her, you're focused on pleasing her. And that feels good to a woman, but it doesn't feel as good as the, the third level, which uh-huh. is you are with her and you experience pleasure with her but all for yourself yeah <laughs> and like, yeah. totally like just dominate a woman you know best feelings like any woman can feel we're just like yeah you're mine right now i'm taking you down and we're gonna have a fucking great time together and that goes back yeah. to the you know <laughs> be connected be empathetic and yeah. then be selfish if yeah. you're connected you can trust that what feels good to you feels good to her so for guys who are having an erectile issue because they're thinking too much about her, I'd say allow yourself to be selfish. Even if you risk being that first stage thing where like you're doing it all for yourself, at least get your mojo on point and then she can feel some of that. Then you can you know focus more on empathy and sharing it with her. So getting down to the moment, like what would feel good to my body right now? What would feel pleasurable? Is it her touching me? Is it me touching her breasts? Is it doing something obviously within the realm of like, you know, not violating her and like being within the realm of comfort, but like what would feel good to me? Um, because that'll get your mojo on point and you can actually wake up your instinct and like get your, your dick hard again. <laughs> but the third thing, and it's the thing I did a bunch and it really made the biggest difference was calling it out. Being like, Hey, sometimes I'd be like with a woman and be like, Hey, so this thing has been happening. Like I've been taking Viagra for a long time and getting off. Like, I don't know if I'm going to get it up and it's fucking scary, but 100% of the time, the woman was like, oh, well, thanks for letting me know. Because, yeah. because in, in times where I didn't say that, she would think it was her fault that, she, that I wasn't getting Oh, hard. I've experienced this yeah. in, my own, in my own time. Because like I said, I've experienced this issue too. And I, I remember one distinctly, my, one of my favorite girlfriends. It was the very first date and we were at my place like after an hour of having coffee. And it was like totally on. We had crazy sexual chemistry going on even though we hadn't had sex yet. And we were naked in my bed and I just couldn't get hard. And... At first, I wasn't sure what to do, but then I told her about it. I told her, like, listen, this this happens to me sometimes. And and I was, like, worried about being so vulnerable, but she was totally understanding. Yeah, it takes and the pressure off of everybody. Holy shit, because then we just, like, sat down on the couch and we chilled for an hour, an hour and a half or so, just talked some more. Yeah. And then we went right back at it. And then I had the best boner I've ever had, and we had, yeah. like, we had ex- explosive sex like because there's nothing to hide at that point it was incredible yeah yeah like like one of the best best girls girlfriends i've ever had yeah yeah because you were open and honest and you had nothing to hide at that point after like you show your most vulnerable secret like there's no room for shame because like the worst thing to happen i already did on purpose like i already shared it so like i'd imagine in that situation your stress hormone levels were able to drop while you're on the couch there's nothing to hide anymore, so there's nothing left to do other than get hard. Yeah, know? yeah. So that's scary because like the whole reason guys are not getting hard in the first place is like trying to meet this expectation. But once you take away the expectation, there's nothing stopping you. So is it going to happen the first time? Maybe not. But like if you're bold enough and know that you have enough future sexual experiences in store for you that you can mess up a few by sharing, you'll realize that you're not actually messing up anything at all. Nice. Yeah. All right, cool. That covers ED issues, but what are some concrete steps that guys can take to connect with their intuition? So here's a little a thing that everyone can try this week. It's not an approach drill. Here's the, I'll just break it down the steps. Put your attention on a person. You can start with an old lady. You can start with a dude if like hot women scare you. Just anybody. It could be even like an acquaintance. Tell them or ask them like, hey, I felt this thing about you. Is it true? Right? Like I did it with you in the bar. You can approach someone, a stranger on the street. It's a pretty low-pressure approach. Like, hey, like, I just wanted to share something with you. Sorry, this is totally random. This is how I used to do direct approaches in the past anyway. Like, okay. hey, it's, like, it's totally random, but, like, I paid attention to you. I looked at you. It's like I had this idea, this intuition that you're feeling serious or you're feeling grumpy or, like, you're having a good day. Whatever comes to mind, whatever is true for you. Like, you have an intuition, you ask them, and they'll tell you yes or no, right? And you'll find that your intuition is a lot better than it was that you thought. Because mm-hmm. most people don't test their intuition. Like right now, like I have like a certain sense data from you, the words that you're saying, like your posture, whatever, but nothing's going to beat what I'm feeling when I pay attention to you. Yeah. Right. Nothing's going to beat that. But most of the time we don't test it. So we don't know to trust it. But if you go out and you like, you test it, like you're like, Hey, uh, Hey coworker, Sally, like I noticed when you walked by, you seem kind of uh, stressed out. Are you stressed out? She'll be like, yeah, I am stressed out. She might even thank you for paying attention to her and you get to calibrate your intuition. So 
Fast forward after 10 of these interactions, you see a hot woman and you have this intuition. You can trust that at this moment, it's okay to talk to her. At this moment, I can put my hand on her thigh. At this moment, I can pull her in for a kiss. Like I escalate so fucking fast and my friends will see me and be like, how did you kiss her so fast? How did you get naked so quickly? It's like, I knew I couldn't, I wasn't going to fail because I've tested my intuition. I've gotten enough feedback that I know if I get the impulse that she wants to kiss, I can trust it almost all the time. You built up your experience base by just like calibrating it slowly and just like deliberately. And it's knowing that when you have a random thought in your head, it's not random. It might be random, but most of the time it's not. And I want you to calibrate because like I had a teacher who told me that if you're with a girl and you have this random thought, I wonder where I should kiss her. Should I kiss her right now? That has happened to me so many times. And I've noticed like all the girls that like I'll break so many rules now just to like just to connect with intuition. Like we'll be at a bar and like we'll be nowhere near like the level that I think we're at. But I'll just have this instinct like she wants to be kissed. But it's like a lot of guys, (laughs) it it pops into your head not even as like now for me or for you. Maybe it's like, oh, she wants to be kissed. But it's like, should I kiss her? It's like if you have that thought, should I kiss her? Just do it. Well, chances are... Your subconscious picked up some signal from her that she was beaming, I want to be kissed. Your brain misinterpreted it, so it's coming in fuzzy to your head, like, should I kiss her? But the fact that you even had that thought means you probably picked it up from her. Yeah. And and go for it. Like, try it. Maybe you're wrong, but most of the time, if you had that thought, you're picking it up from her. So, like, now, like, if I, like, randomly get hard, my guess is that she got wet. The first time this happened to me, I was with uh, someone I was hooking up with. She was livid. She was pissed off at something stupid I did. I don't even remember what it was, but she was pissed off at me. She was yelling at me. Like she was about to throw shit at me. And all of a sudden I noticed that my dick got hard. I was in the kitchen with her and she was like yelling all these swear words at me and my dick got hard. And I just, you know, I decided to test my intuition because that's what I was doing at this point in my life. And I was like, is your pussy wet right now? And her face got beat red. Because it was wet. Like, she was externalizing her emotion because she wanted to get fucked. Now, is this something you can do foolproof every time? I wouldn't do this with a stranger, no. But, like, I knew that because I was connected with her, the fact that my dick got hard meant there was a corresponding sensation in her. It didn't happen in a vacuum. Like, my dick doesn't get hard, like, randomly. It got hard because it was picking up something subconsciously from her. And she was just horny and she was externalizing it as anger. Wow. So you can cut through, you could like make some incredible reads on women, yeah. no matter what they're giving you, resting bitch face, crossed arms, cold appearance. If you feel a connection, test it. Does yeah. that mean you're going to put your dick on her shoulder because you got horny? No, don't do that. Obviously, you know, follow, you know, social rules to a degree, but you can say like, I think you want to kiss me right now. I would only say that not because I'm just doing random balls you shit. I would say that if that thought pops into my head. Trust your intuition. And I've learned to calibrate it. So yeah, the thing yeah. that everyone should try is go out and get as much feedback as you can on intuition. You can do that with anyone. You can do it with coworkers. Like, did you feel this thing? And like, when you pay attention to someone, something will pop into your head. Trust it. Yeah. Test it and learn to trust it more later. And then it becomes really easy to escalate sexually. It becomes really easy to say ballsy things and trust that you're not going to get rejected or like trust that you have a higher probability. Because when I was doing pickup stuff before... We used to have this idea that if you just like say the most ridiculous thing, it's going to up your confidence. And that's not really true. It ups your numbness. So I would say like the most like offensive shit to women with like a a 1% positive feedback rate thinking I was upping my confidence. Whereas now I can say ridiculous shit to women, but I'll only say it when I got that intuitive hit that that's the right thing to say. Like I can say like, oh, you want to have sex with me, don't you? I'll only say that when I actually feel that's Probably true. Probably with a giant smile on your face, I bet. Yeah, and, 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 <laughs> and, and, and am I right 100% of the time? Yeah. No, but I, I know from experience that intuitive hit is correct because it's not intuition is not some magical thing. This is what I want to stress to everybody. It's not this crazy thing. It's like your dog has intuition. A fucking reptile has a different... Yeah, like birds, less, mammals, yeah. they're all free with it. I think maybe in our environment where we're trained like socially and we grew up in... I wouldn't say repressive environments, but we definitely grow up to be taught to be socially acceptable in certain ways. We learn to shut it down. We shut shut it down and we trust too much logic and not enough of what we're actually feeling and why it's just okay to be be free with it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like we're second guessing. We're second guessing ourselves. And second guessing will, and like, I guess second guessing can work in things like investment or like stuff that involves logic, but... 
like romance and like connecting emotionally with humans is never logical. Yeah, and, and yeah. emotions are sense data, just like sight and sound and yeah. touch and smell. Like it's feedback you're getting from the environment that you are interpreting. Yeah. So don't not interpret the senses you get, which is emotions. So like learn to trust your intuitions by point. It's really simple. Go out, get some feedback on your intuitions from men, from women, from benign interactions and then start testing with hot women that you're attracted to and you'll find that you're right a lot more often than you realized. I love it. Yeah. Cool. So you're a coach, a dating coach and your website is rwando.com and I I know that you work with the Gotham Dating Club in New York City. Uh, Yeah, we're putting on a three-hour masterclass on sexual magnetism. We're going to go really deep into the mechanics and the how-to step-by-step and some like deeper inner game theory that expands on some of the stuff we've talked about today. It's on April 28th. It's also, uh, I mean, I know it's being hosted in New York City, but you're also televising it, right? Like it's well, gonna it's, be a, it's a online. Thing. It's going to be online. Um, so okay. you, can, you can tune in live and interact with us and ask us questions, or you can get access to the recording. It'll be, it's, it's all of our best material on sexual magnetism because I want to condense it into one class because I don't want people to spend their lives trying to study a bunch of information. I'm going to give it all to you in one session and then go fucking practice. That's the most important thing. What's cool about the class, especially because we're touching on intuition and stuff that is kind of foreign to some people, what we're doing with this class on April 20th is uh, you sign up with your credit card information, you don't have to pay us a dollar, take the class, then decide afterwards if it was useful. That's how confident I am in it. Take the class first. If you think it's Bullshit. If you don't think you gain anything from it, let me know. You won't pay a penny. And if you think that you uh, have the tools to sexually attract women, then I'll bill you. But only if you feel like you got the value from it. That's how confident I am in it. Just show up and, and take the class. And how much is the class? Oh, 97 bucks. 97 bucks. That's just like a so little, so little money for gaining all this great knowledge to not even use game anymore for the most part you're just trusting yourself it's to be a right? fucking sexual animal yeah. that your genes have wanted you to be your whole friggin life like and, that's why you exist and what else will guys get from it they'll learn how to to not have to rely on cold approaches it'll up your sexual game it'll teach you how to make your own sex moves like i, I get so frustrated when guys learn that i'm a sex you know a so-called sex expert and they want a bunch of techniques there's great things to know about sexual anatomy. You want to learn your way around a woman's pussy. You want to learn some... I, actually, we're going to go over sexual anatomy and like basic mechanics stuff in the class also. But the thing that's really going to make you good in bed is to be in touch with your instinct because that's going to give you the creative inspiration on what to do. Like I make up shit every time I have sex with a woman. I discover new points in a woman's body. It's different with every woman. Sometimes I'm rough. Sometimes I'm gentle. Like, and I pick up that information from reading her body with you know training my intuition and then my instinct. And those two things combined give me exactly what I need to do in every sexual moment. So that's another great thing. Your sex life will be better. It's just like, we're all fucking sexual animals. I might be saying this too many times. I apologize if you're tired of hearing me say it, but like, that's what is in your biology. So reconnect to that. And all of this will become a lot easier. And then you can use your analytical power for trading stocks and not waste it on women. Because you don't need it for women. You need your fucking animal self for women. Of course. Yeah. And they love you for it. Man. Yeah. Cool. Well, Rwando, this has been such a pleasure, and I'm so glad we got to host you on Dating Mechanics. Yeah, thanks so much. This has been a blast. Awesome. All right, y'all. There it is. Rwando's someone I met very early in my own exploration of dating and sexuality, and I'm so happy to see that today he's teaching intuition and how to empathize with women. We talked about sexual magnetism and intuitive game and how learning to feel and vibe with women is far more useful and rewarding than simply learning the best line, stack, or technique to be with a woman. We discussed how people in our time tend to shut down their empathy skills and how many men have grown up afraid to lead and are ashamed of their own feelings while also being stingy with giving them by appearing polite. The answer we all seek is through connection and giving ourselves freely as empathy is what every man and woman truly, deeply wants. Guys who can give their emotions freely and project their charged sexuality hold a special place with women. Finally, we talked about psychologically induced erectile dysfunction and how guys can conquer this at any point in their lives. I hope you've had fun listening today, and I hope you've learned something in this fantastic interview with Rwando, coach with the Gotham Dating Club and intuitive expert. For now, 
This is Varun Raja on Dating Mechanics by Girls Chase, and I'll see you again next time, same time, same place. Thank you.